gentlemen, welcome back to the Lessons from the Barbell Podcast. My name is Jeff. I am your host as always, and happy 2017 to all of the listeners out there. Congratulations on making it to another year. I hope your 2016 was great. Mine was very exciting. Started this podcast, so that's really cool. And definitely had big plans and big goals for 2017. Which brings me into this episode. So this episode is called New Year's Resolutions and Not Trying Too Hard. New Year's Resolutions and Not Trying Too Hard. And what I'm trying to say is that this time of year, obviously, resolution is a term that's really used quite a lot. So you hear, what are your New Year's, what are your New Year's resolutions? You see articles on LinkedIn and Facebook saying tips on how to stay true to your resolutions and make sure you accomplish your goals. Of course, everyone says, write them down. Everyone always says, find someone that will help you out. Find an accountability partner as well, which are all great, except they're just reused over and over and over again. So... As your fearless host of this podcast, I'm going to run in a slightly different direction with this. So I'm not trying to diss resolutionists from a gym perspective. So for all of you who don't know what resolutionist the term is, if you can imagine being part of a gym and going to it year-round, you would imagine that January would be the most crowded month for the gym out of the entire year. They always say that January is the month that makes the membership dues skyrocket. Well, not membership dues skyrocket, but they make it makes a lot of money for the gym. So basically, the entire year for the gym is made off of one month, and that is January. Because a lot of people, they have a resolution of losing weight, building muscle, becoming in better shape, becoming healthier. So they say, January 1st, I'm going down to that gym. I'm signing up for membership. I'm going to Whole Foods. I'm getting a whole bunch of spinach and kale and everything else. And I am starting new now, which is great. Props to you. Keep it up. However, there are some people who look at resolutionists in a bad way because they do get to the gym, they do crowd up a lot of weights machines and can be overwhelming for the gym veterans. So but I'm not trying to I'm not trying to diss them. The reason why resolutionist has become a funny comical term re- recently is because everyone says the resolutionists they start off so strong. In the first month of January they are just pounding, they are just going for it. They are going to the gym. They are improving themselves. Great job. But they always tinker off around mid-February. So around Valentine's Day is when the gym goes back to being normal. Maybe there are two or three people that stay behind. The people who are really committed. They fall in love with weightlifting or cardio or whatever it is. And they stay behind. But... I believe there is a reason for us. I believe that there is a reason why people go full force the first month, but then they fall off when it gets serious. The reason why is because you are lying to yourself. That is right. You are lying to yourself. I said it first. 
their motivations are in the wrong place. I made a episode a long time ago about motivation, about how sometimes it doesn't start off good. You know, there's a dark side motivation, but motivation is obviously important. So you have to have motivation to start. But what I mean by lying to himself is that some people say, I want to be healthier. This is my year that I lose weight. And they really don't mean that. They really don't feel deep down inside that they, I guess, want to, that they need to. They think they're good, or they just don't have the strong enough desire to go after it. That person from with my gym store, with my story of working out in the first place, I always wanted to have the muscles. I was very skinny, so I joined the gym to get rid of that problem and bulk up and become stronger. And thankfully, it has paid off, so that's good. But the reason why I think people lie to themselves is because it does feel good. And also, there are some pressures from family members or friends that they might feel like, okay, if I just say it, they'll get off and back and things will be okay. A great example is recently I bought my first house. So very excited. I'm now a brand new homeowner. And it's just me, myself, and I. And it's my new recording area right now. So hopefully the acoustics sound great. Anyways, when I was living at home with my mom and dad, and this was my childhood home, so the only home I've ever known besides living um, in college. And my parents would have to poke and prod me and pull my teeth just to have me clean my room. Just to have me dust, pick up clothes, and make the place look somewhat decent. But if you walk into my house right now, you will be surprised that I live here. It's not that I don't have a lot of things. Everything just has a place because I believe that I need a clean house. The reason why is when I was living at home, personally, yes, I saw the importance of having a clean house, but no one was going in my room. I thought it was okay. It was still acceptable. It was fine. I could sleep. I could walk around. Yeah, I'd walk over some piles of clothes and avoid knocking things off shelves, but I was fine. Everything worked out well. But now with me having my new place, my own personal bachelor pad, we'll call that, if I have friends over or if I have someone that I want to impress over, if there is trash lying around, if there are clothes everywhere, deep down inside, I know that my friends, whoever it is, will be turned off by my clothes and my, and my mess. So you could say I have improved. Because I have a why now. When I was living at home, I did not have a why. I had, I had no motivation for keeping my room clean. But now I have my place my own. I'm seeing the importance of a clean house as far as building friendships and just making sure that people enjoy coming over to my place. So that's why I'm actually putting forth an effort to dust, to clean, to make the place smell nice, not like a gym rat who... I mean, I do shower, so it's not like it's that bad, but just making sure it's not a you know bad-smelling place. So I always say this is, you could say this is saying that you love someone versus saying, I'm trying to love you. I believe it was Alan Watts. He's a 
philosopher, he had a great speech, and he said that the worst thing a husband or wife could say to their loved one is saying, I am trying to love you right now so much. That does not work. Trying is not the best thing. There was a great book I recently read called The Arts of Not, The Solo Art of Not, of not Giving a F. I don't want to mark this episode as not safe for work, but you can imagine what the F stands for. And the first chapter in it was do not try, just be. Not be someone that you believe that you're not. Not set off your own BS alarm. Not trying to say what BS is, but all of you can figure out. Not lie to yourself. Not set yourself for goals. If deep down inside you feel like this is not you, it can be you. But you might need to alter it in order to make it resonate with you more. So, you have, of course, working yourself takes a lot of effort. But if you don't have a why, it's pointless. Why are you doing it? You might quit. And, of course, some people will say, you know, if you fake it until you make it, you can you know, do affirmations and you'll believe them over time. The more you say them, the more you do it over and over again, you'll start to ingrain it. And I do believe there are some, yeah, there's some truth to that. Perhaps a possible episode in the future. But if you believe that's not who you are, find something else to motivate you. Find something else. Great example is another great example is my dad. Uh, my dad is a smoker. He's smoked for all of his life, basically, and we've tried every single thing with him, as far as um, you know, therapists, hypnotists, uh, the gum, the patch, whatever it is nothing, because he says he wants to quit. But I can see in his physiology. Deep down inside, he just does not see himself quitting. It was also in that book I mentioned um, by Mark Manson, The Subtle Art Art of Not Giving an F, that he says that anything that attacks your identity is hard to get rid of. As in, if you make a change, and that change will somehow alter your perception of yourself so your identity then you probably would not do it because you the way you view yourself is strong and if there's something that changes that you might think oh will i be able to deal with myself what will this new self be and that scares us so ladies and gentlemen do not try do not try this january do not try this 2017 Find things that resonate with you and find ways to change yourself so that you act on it. You're not lying to yourself. You're not saying things you don't mean. You actually want to go after things because you actually want it. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to the Lessons from the Barbell Podcast. My name is Jeff. Feel free to follow me on Twitter at the Jeffy J. Feel free to follow me on Instagram at the Jeffy J. Once again, T H E J E F F Y J. Thank you so much for tuning in. 
And as always, find your inspiration, find your motivation through perspiration.